Hey guys, it's Heaven and Nyjah, and welcome back to another episode of In Herself Podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on all streaming platforms. I'm excited. Me too. Are you really? So excited. Because we have our very first guest today. Very special guest. Because it was in the comments, we heard y'all. Y'all didn't give us a chance to even have these special guests that we have that's coming up. But this first one, near and dear to my heart. Very much so. We're going to talk about who met who first. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. I feel like it was me. It's okay. But nevertheless. It's okay. We have none other than Janice Bargader. <gasps> oh, my <laughs> Guys. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. A pleasure. <laughs> so excited. So excited. Yes. Y'all have Strong. me strong from ear to ear. Oh. Right, right, right. <laughs> awesome, powerful testimonies that are coming up. But we wanted to just allow you to introduce yourself. Like, who are you? What's your background story? Oh, that's a loaded question right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Janice Bargainer, as you said, I am firstly a wife, mother. Yes. Um, also a sister auntie, mm -hmm. all the different roles that we have through our life. But more importantly, I am who I am. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. What you see is what you get. And that's it. And I'm comfortable Absolutely. with that. I'm good with that. And that's amazing. Given our last episode, we were talking about insecurities and talking mm -hmm. about being okay with yourself and yes. being grounded and centered and being okay with who God made you to be. Absolutely. And if I could know, if I could say anything that would be who you embody to me is comfortable in the skin God gave you. Absolutely. For sure. So yeah. give us some um, backstory on your upbringing. Like how was it for you as a child? I think, you know what? My upbringing wasn't bad at all. Like I, I would say I had the typical normal upbringing. I had a loving family a very supportive, loving mom. Mm -hmm. um, and she's actually the reason why being a mother is so important to me because yeah. she was like, you look at a picture of somebody who does it and you see her name is Alma and mm -hmm. you see her face. You're like, yep, everybody knows. Yeah. Like Alma was a great mother. Yeah. She, you know, she did a, I would say a great job. Absolutely. <laughs> Raising her children. <laughs> right. um, but um, very loving home. Went to church, grew up in the church yeah. from Pentecostal church, mm -hmm. the Baptist church. Um, and I had an, my sibling, um, my brother, Jerome, obviously. And he um, he and I are very close. And that's one of the reasons why I say my mom is such a great mother, because she made sure she knew she wasn't always going to be on this earth. Yeah. So she made sure that the relationship that my brother and I had was one that we can keep forever and that's what we live out. That's who we are, like yeah. yin and yang, you know what I mean? And so, um, but I would say for myself and my upbringing, I was very blessed because I know things could have been very bad. Grew up in Chicago, south side of Chicago. So there are different paths that I could have gone. Yeah. And because my mother made the decision to take me out of an environment because she knew exposure was important mm -hmm. for me to get a different outlook on life yeah. changed probably the trajectory of what my life is today. Wow. So I'm very, very grateful for that. 
So was that, what was one of the reasons why, because we're in Florida currently. Yes. So what was one of the reasons why you decided to move from Chicago in that light to So here? I actually moved from Chicago by way of going to school. So I went to school at Mississippi Valley State University, very okay. small HBCU mm -hmm. um, in Itabina, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And it was, in fact, a definite, um, I would say, culture shock. Yeah. Going from a big city to a small town where there was probably maybe a thousand people. For sure. And then going to a school in a city, I call Mississippi its own country. Like, mm -hmm. it's just different from what I was used to. Um, but that, to me, gave me the foundation of being exposed to something different and really appreciating where I did come mm. from. But it also let me know that I didn't have to just stay at home. You know, some people feel comfortable staying at home, but I was never the type of person. I'm very spontaneous, yeah. very adventurous. So I like to take I like to take risks sometimes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily risk adverse, but I, I like to be very moderate and I like to take risk. And so Going to away to college, you meet people from all walks of life, from different states, different cities. Luckily, I was able to meet someone, um, some friends that were from Tampa, Florida, came to visit a few times and absolutely love it. So by the time that I graduated, I decided that, you know what, I want to go somewhere different. So I did go back home for a few years, but it didn't really work out. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to move to Tampa, Florida. And what better place to be? I didn't know it, that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I thought that um, you were deeper into your adulthood when you moved. No, to Tampa. no. Okay. I came straight out of college, maybe oh, straight out of, I'll say two years after college, right. but still yeah. after college, I was still trying to find myself. So, you know, I got my degree in social work, decided to go back to Chicago to see if I can make, make something happen with the degree. It really didn't work. It was a lot of paper pushing. So, you know, and I met my ex-husband mm -hmm. in school and he also wanted to come to Tampa, Florida. So that's oh. how we ended up coming here and we created our own family here. Wow. So we established ourselves here um, in Florida and ended up having our family, our my two boys, Trey and Tyler. Yeah. Here in Tampa, and the rest is history. Like, there's no looking back. That is a faith move. Oh, for sure. My whole life is a faith move. <laughs> My whole life is a faith move. <laughs> but talk about that, because why... Okay, growing up in Chicago and yep. then growing up in a great household, sometimes you go from, I'm going to choose what the world wants and I'm going to choose what God wants. So why was it, okay, I'm, I'm going to just go for what God is saying and I'm going to go for it. And clearly it turned out mm -hmm. great, it but why? Great, but you know what? I didn't know it was a God move. Mm -hmm. I was just moving. You know how when you're young, you're so naive. Yeah. You don't understand the, the whole spiritual aspects of life. Okay. And I didn't learn, like I was always a spiritually grounded person because I grew up in the church. I knew all of the principles. I knew the Bible. Like that was the core of me. That's the foundation for me that is never going away. Right. However, you get into the world, you become of the world. And so I was of the world. So I was just trying to find myself, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize that in the journey of trying to find myself, my purpose was yeah. also being, you know, was opening up for myself as well too. But I just knew I couldn't be at home because being at home gave me a sense of comfortability that I probably wouldn't allow my light to shine right. if I would have just stayed there because I would do everything that my family wanted me to do. 
not necessarily what I really wanted to do. And again, I like risk. I was mm-hmm. a little bit of a rebel. So if they say they wanted me to do one thing, I'm going to make sure I do this right, other right. else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So did you have like people pleasing issues? So that's why. Totally. Hmm. Totally. My mom was a people pleaser. We hmm. grew up watching her be that way within our family and her relationships and her marriage. And I still have a lot of that today, but I also think it's a gift. But it can also be a curse as yeah, well. Talk too, to me about I the do. gift portion. Yeah, how was that a gift? Yeah. Because I don't know. Please, yeah, yeah, because it's bad for me. Yeah. Well, you have to learn it's the balance of it. Yeah. yeah, you have to learn how to balance. But that comes with time. That comes with prayer. That comes with experience. And it also comes with trust and knowing who you can be around and who's worthy of being pleased, mm, right? Okay. But you have to learn, like you have to go through those growing pains. You have friendships that breaks your heart mm. that you grew up with people and then you they fall off the face of the earth and you're like, what, you know, what happened? Yeah. Why didn't this work out? And maybe it's because you were given too much and they took advantage of you giving too much or being so pleasing. Yeah. And you finally realize that, wait, this was like a one-way street. This is not a two-way street thing. So it happens sometimes organically. It happens sometimes intentionally. Right. You know what I mean? But I also do think that there is a blessing in being a people pleaser because people are blessings. You know, you get blessings through people. And that's the only way that, you know, it can happen at the end of the day. You just have to know how to balance it and to whom deserves it. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Put that in my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Including family. Yeah. Including family. Cause that was me growing up. I wanted to make my family happy. I was the first, I was the first grandchild. I was the first on both sides of my family to mm-hmm. graduate, go to college and actually graduate. So that to me was like starting like something new for our family. And I was very proud of that. But what comes with that is the expectations, right? Of other people of what you should and what you can't should do and how your life should be lived. And I was able to live my life by moving away from. (laughs) Was that (laughs) that easy for you being the first? That that seemed like a, like a kind of heavy weight to be the first to go to school. I would say it was easy because of the environment that my mom put me in. Mm, Right. Because we did move out into the suburbs of Chicago. I went to a very, very good high school. So everybody around me, they were all striving for greatness. Mm. So you can't help when you're in that environment To want the same thing, not saying that I was successful in it, but I saw it. So sometimes you just have to see it. Mm. Like you may not be walking in that light, but just being around it and seeing it is what made me want to be, you know, ambitious, even though sometimes I didn't. That is a word all by itself, being exposed (laughs) to an environment that you may not, it's not your life yet, right. but because you can see it, but all you it gives you to something to, you have to see, my husband says all the time, Mr. Ray Bargainer, <laughs> shout out to my husband. Yes. He always says, you have to see it before you see it. Yeah. And you know, he tells our kids that all the time and you know, kids, you hear thing, it goes in one ear and out the next, but one day it's going to sit in them and they're going to realize that, wow, yeah. you do have to see it before you see it. I would even say college and and I don't knock anyone who wants to get a higher education. You have to do what's best for you. But if my child told me that they didn't want to go to college, I would be okay with that if and only if they were going to expose themselves to something different. 
because it's through that experience mm-hmm. that I know that they will be able to find success. That's good. You know what I mean? So yeah, exposure is key in everything. So how is it raising, how many kids do you have? So biologically, I have two kids. Okay. I have a 20-year-old and I have a 17-year-old. Okay. But I also have my bonus kids. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Taylor and Rashad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to spill their ages, but they are <laughs> mature adults. They right. have their own homes, families, and everything. So mm-hmm. I have a total of four and I also have three three great. Come on. Yeah. So wife, mother, business, I mean, how are you juggling all of this as and having what does your day look like? How do you balance all of these? Do you things? get lost in the because I'm not a mother and I'm not yeah. a spouse, all of that. I see many people get lost in the titles of spouse and the titles of mother. Yes. Oh, how yeah. do you maintain the identity. I am Janice? Yeah, yeah, your identity. I haven't figured it all out yet. Mm. I'm a whip work in progress. Mm-hmm. Because it, it is hard to balance. It is hard to balance, especially because I have this little syndrome of perfection, which isn't good because it can keep you from doing certain things. But one thing I can say, I ha- I am mastering being a mother. I am mastering being a wife with the help of my husband telling me what his wants and needs are and us being able to communicate those things. And I'm married for the second time too. Mm -hmm. So first time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. Mm -hmm. This one is going to work out. Yeah, Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was able to learn from that first marriage, the things that I need and the things that I need to be for my husband. Um, but my day-to-day life, I mean, with a wanting a career. So I would say the career is for me, right? That's the one thing that I dr- am driven by is my career. So I may not have an outlet away from my husband or yeah. away from my kids, but I have my career, which is what gives me satisfaction to show up as something different as other than being a mother, a wife, yeah. a sister, an auntie, right. you know, all of those things. It's my career. Do you have a routine that you do that kind of helps you become grounded every day or? Absolutely. My first, I get up every morning at 530. I try to get up before anybody else does for prayer and meditation. Mm. And I literally pray and meditate for an hour every single day. And it's so needed. It's crazy because there would be times where if I don't get a chance to pray and meditate and I get up in the morning Everybody can feel it and see it. It's like written all over me. And my husband would go, he would look at me and he'll go, why don't you go turn <laughs> back around and just go right back into yeah. the, you know. Do and you that's go, seven do your, days a week? Seven days a week. Wow. It's a, it's, it's, it's a must. Yeah. It's a must. It's survival for yeah. me. It is survival for me because again, having to try to balance it all. I have a son who is autistic and epileptic. And it's, there are challenging days, you know, there are challenging days and you can get so caught up in looking at social media and looking at everyone who try to perceive that they have this perfect life and don't, um, instead of trying to just create one on their own. And for me, that to me is what it's all about. And so it gives me the prayer meditation every single day. It does ground me. It keeps my mind stabilized. And that is very important because this right here, you are, we grew up thinking you are the thinker that thinks the thought Mm -hmm. that makes the thing. 
And if you really think about what those words are, it's powerful. Like our mind can trick us in either way to be the best that we can be or to not be the best that we can be. And so for me, prayer and meditation, it quiets my mind. It allows me an opportunity to commune with God and to not just ask, but also receive what I'm supposed to receive for that day. So let's pivot. We're talking about this. This podcast is also about faith, faith, family, finance, all this stuff. So mm-hmm. faith, you speaking on God. Yeah. When did you know? I know your upbringing was very much so your mom instilling in you. But when did a relationship you knew that was established with God? My relationship was established. I always like to tell people that I had, it's a book out there and I can't remember the name of the author, but it's called The Dark Night of the Soul. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a pivotal moment where I was able to establish my own spirituality and my own relationship with God. And that is when my son first started having seizures Mm -hmm. and we didn't know why. So I was in my first marriage. My son was three and a half, four years old, had a seizure. I had just had my youngest son, who was only three months at the time, dealing with postpartum. And then out of the blue, my son started having seizures. Mind you, I was in Tampa, no family Mm -hmm. outside of me, my husband at the time, and our two kids. That was very difficult period for me. Um, And so I I did what I always do, call on my family. I'm like, listen... I don't know what to do. I need help. I'm like at a loss. And so the the discussion was had between my husband and I for us to, for me and the kids to move back to Chicago just so that I can get some help and get some support and maybe try to find some better health care for my son. So we made the decision for me to do that. And it's like, as soon as I moved back to Chicago, things got worse, not better with his seizures. And I'm like, okay, like I have to figure something out. And it's funny how sometimes, and this is why I say the dark night of the soul, sometimes you have to be in those, in that place for you to listen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like telling your child, listen, I told you, do not touch that stove. It's hot. And then they feel the flames and the fire and they're like, okay, I'm not. Now you get it. Uh huh. Now Mm -hmm. I get it. And that was my, now I get it God moment. And I love it because God always has a plan and he always knows where we need to be when we need to be at those moments. When I moved back to Chicago with my kids, I slept, I was, um, we lived in a two flat. So my mom lived upstairs. My grandmother stayed downstairs. At the time, my brother, since I moved out, had taken over my room. (laughs) So I had nowhere to go. Yeah. So I had to go downstairs with my kids with my grandmother. And she was a teacher. She was a, a she was a teacher in the church that we were attending, a very, very like big teacher advocate. And she has so many books everywhere. And the room I was staying in was her library. Mm. And so I'm in this room with my son up all night because he's having seizures all night. So I'm not sleeping at all. And so I'm not sleeping. There's no television in the room. There's no distraction back then. There's no social media, Instagram, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, right, to distract me. And all I could do was just stare at all of the books that she had, whether it was the Bible, whether it was self-help books. And because she was a teacher, 
it was important for her to have an opportunity to learn everything. Mm. So she had things like the Quran mm. in there. So all types of books. And there was just one book, which was The Dark Night of the Soul, that just kept speaking to me. And I started reading that book and it just, it spoke to my heart. It had different prayers in there and affirmations. And, and so every single night when I couldn't sleep, I would just start reading all of the books that she had in there. Wow. And that was the period where I was like, okay, I get why I'm here. I understand why I am here. And actually, if I can rewind back, it's funny when we moved to Tampa, I had my degree in social work. I wanted to stay in that field because people pleaser mm -hmm. want to save the world. Yeah. But I could pay my bills yeah. doing social work. So I kind of got out of it, but I went to teaching. I got a job as a varying exceptionalities teacher. And yeah, so ESE, yeah. exceptional student education, right? Yeah. So I taught for two years in varying exceptionalities, learn everything about IEPs and all of that. And I wanted to set that context, yeah. context for you guys for a So put a pin there. Yeah. We're going to bookmark that. Mm -hmm. So have my child. We're in Chicago going through my spiritual journey, growing up becoming a mother, you know, that I never thought that I would have to be, but ended up becoming her. Um, and then my godfather, after nine months said, okay, my dear, it is time for you to go back and reestablish yourself. And I'm like, nothing but fear set in like, no, I'm not ready to, but the work was already done. Mm -hmm. The study was already done. The prayer, I, I did everything I could do from a health perspective for my child. So my godfather was like, it's time for you to go back home to be a wife, to be a mother and to set your ground because there is something in Tampa that you cannot run away from. Mm. Like, okay, I don't want to, but mm. I did anyhow. Came back, um, was able to find a job and everything just started getting better. Once I touched down, we was able to find health care for my son. Um, a place for him to go, like a daycare that mm. would take care of him. And my youngest son, who, by the way, wasn't getting any attention um, because yeah. poor baby, you know, the priority was the health care of my other son. Um, and then he got to the age where he was school age and he was able to be in school and everything. And we didn't start seeing the effects of his epilepsy and his diagnosis of autism until he was like in second grade. Mm. Um, and so guess what? They wanted to put him on an IEP, right? So, and now this epiphany didn't happen until maybe about seven or eight years ago for me. So that's when I realized, and that's how I realized like your journey, like nothing happens by mistake. Yeah. Like who you are is who you're supposed to be. And when people talk about, I want to go and I want to find my purpose, I always think your purpose is in whatever you're dealing with and wherever you are at this moment. Wow. So stop chasing and trying to figure out what your purpose is because mm -hmm. your purpose is always where, you're, where you are because nothing happens by mistake. Right. Everything happens the way it's supposed to, even if you made a choice that you know wasn't the right choice, yeah. it had to happen for a reason, Right. Um, and so that to me, it really took me out of my head of being like this perfect person and laid the spiritual ground for me. That is amazing. Yeah. The fact that what I kept, what kept 
resonating with me was you had no clue. You thought taking those, you know, that teacher opportunity was just something you changing and switching gears. Paying the but bills. It was, yeah. It was preparing you for what was coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so now I can advocate not just for my son, yes. but I also do it for other other parents right. that goes to the school. Right. And I actually took an advocacy program um, that there's a lady locally here that trains people on how to do IEPs and how to be an advocate for other parents who are going through the process and doesn't know the ins and outs of IEPs. Wow. I don't do it currently right now because life is life in, yeah. but it was something that I was like, okay, now it's all coming together. Yeah. Now I get it. Now I understand why I had to go through steps one, two, and three. So fast forward into where we are now. Yes. So we've Ooh, gone so through. I'm glad I was done with that. <laughs> but really quickly, I if you like don't that mind. Was, heavy. Okay. was that real heavy? I'm sorry. <laughs> it was great. No, it was good. No, it was but great. I do want to ask um, before we move forward, did you ever say, because you, people have children, you don't expect for them to have disability. You don't expect for, you just think that you're going to have regular children. They're going to be bad they running around the house this. and That's all of it. The, you know, a dog, yes. all of these things. All but did you it. ever say, like, God, for me, like... For every single night, mm. every single... I still sometimes have those moments yeah. because although it's not as bad, like one thing that my son's diagnosis have done for me is an evaluation of myself each and every day. Mm. Um, you know how they say when you have kids, you have to have patience? Well, yeah. it's a different level of patience, yes. right. right? And so that's why sometimes I may not have patience with the big people, like adults, because mm. I'm like, I'm giving it all to my children and my child right now. But I would say, yeah, that whole facade of, yeah, we're going to have a perfect family, like that perfection doesn't exist. Mm. And I don't care whether you have a child that has disabilities or not, regardless, any marriage, any relationships, any friendships, like it just does not exist. So yeah. I think for me, that's why there's so many mental health challenges and I'm not here discounting any mental health challenges. But again, you are the thinker that thinks the thought that mm -hmm. makes the thing and people get so ingrained in what they think things mm -hmm. are instead of people having conversations to say, Listen, what you see today was a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. Like there was work behind the scenes that had to take place and still takes place till this day yeah. for me to show up every single every day. day. Yeah. Always <laughs> a work in progress. Day. Always a work yeah. in progress. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no perfection. Yeah. Yeah. That was Sorry. a hard lesson for me to learn. That was beautiful. I just wanted to ask that because, you know, we get caught up in the, you think that life is just supposed to be perfect, but yeah. I know that. And then you think God is just supposed to, oh my God is, God is great. So my life is going to be good. And you don't understand that knowing God and you're going to be tested. And everybody's test is different. Yes. And so it could be, I'm good on God, or it could be, I get drawn closer to him. That's so I just right. wanted to know. Yeah. 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 And we, and that, and guess what he gave us? The power of choice, mm. you know, and that's what's so great, too, because even in the choices, we still have the grace, you know, and even in the choices, we can still find the good in yes. it because I can be, oh, my gosh, my son, I have to wake up and I have to give medication every single. Is it an inconvenience? It is absolutely an inconvenience. But could it be much worse? 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's the mindset I choose to have, yeah. because if not, I would be in that dark place again. Yeah. And then what good am I? Then I can't be the mother right. that I love to be. I can't be the wife that I love to be. I can't be the leader at work that I love to be. I yeah. can't be the sister I want to be, you yeah. know, the auntie, whatever. So, yeah, it's a choice. Yeah. You it's would never choice. know just looking at you from the outside. And it wasn't until I actually got to know you. And I'm like, how in the world is she? Because I'm over here going through it. (laughs) She got, it is, you make it look so effortless. That's why I was asking, like, what is Mm -hmm. your daily routine? Now that you've shared that your past up until now, because what is more important is that there was a time frame that happened to get you to that place. And you are still going through, as you say, with work in progress to get to your next, your 2.0 version of yourself. Um, Even now having a blended family, Mm -hmm. um, the challenges I'm sure that you faced with that on top of still having to carry whatever challenge you you currently have and to do so gracefully as a black woman, because this is what it's about. Like Mm -hmm. that is yeah, baby. Yeah, but I think it's it's telling the truth. Yeah. It's not telling people, oh, you'll be okay, and you know, letting that be that. But sharing your story, you know, you yes. and I have had conversations, yes. and there was some tears shed mm-hmm. and everything because even in me trying to just have a conversation in you, it just comes out because yeah. it's in you. Like yeah. you can't take that away. It's part. It's a. It's the makeup. It's the. It's in the DNA of yes. the makeup of who you are as a person. Um, but. I think it's important for people to know that, again, there is no perfect anything. There is no grass is always green on the other side. My husband and I talks about we talk about that all the time, albeit we're, you know, in our second marriages. But we know that the grass can be green on the other side if you decide to water that grass and not water the grass that you're already in. And so we make the decision with what we have to just water the grass where we are. And are there going to be some moments where there's going to be frostbite, you know, frostbite? Yep. So what we have to do, we have to water it, let the sun come out, let it, sometimes we need space away, you know what I mean? But like in life in general, whether it's your career, even as a single person, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? There are opportunities for you to say, you know, like I think about single friends that I have who may say, you know, wow, I wish I was married. And I'm like, this Mary thing is not for the week. <laughs> you understand me. So and so, you know, under, appreciate the freedom that you do have because there is some blessing in that. But I can also understand that people want companionship, companionship yeah. at the same time. But you you just have to be comfortable with where you are at the moment and let go and let it all come to you. Because the moment in which you decide, I'm going to pray for this and then I'm going to have the faith and just let it go is when it shows How are up. you intentional with your marriage now? Like to make sure that is the oh, focal point that it, it's not? You know what? It's an agreement that Ray and I have to make sure that, you know, there are so certain non-negotiables that, you have within your marriages. But one thing I I think that sets this marriage apart for me and Ray is that one, do we absolutely love each other, but love isn't going to keep you together. Mm, Yeah. We put put in the work Yeah, and it's every single day. Like it's, (laughs) and sometimes the work means I don't want to talk to you and you don't talk to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we also know that, in in the way that we're so 
much alike. We are so different, but we appreciate those differences. And it's funny because it's almost like I've converted to a little Ray and like he's converted into a little Janice. And it's like, we kind of mesh ourselves together. And it's so wild to see like, I feed off like some of the things that how he grew up kind of feeds off of me. And I love it because it allows me to just grow in a different way. And like some of the things that, that people please and stuff like that, because Ray can be sometimes very like hardcore. And now I'm like, you so soft now. And he's (laughs) like, you so hard now. And I'm like, we traded places, you know? So we're, we are each other's balance, but it it does. It takes a lot of work. And that's the beautiful thing about marriage though. And I guess in any relationship is that it's going to pull something out of you, good or bad. That's right. And so when you, and then you, in bad relationships or a situation that don't work out, you realize it's like, I didn't grow there. Yes. Yeah. And I don't want to spend time in the relationships where I'm not growing and you're not growing and none of us are evolving. While we're stagnant. That's not going to work. I love it. Yeah. And that's what you have to evaluate, you know, your relationship all the time to make sure that it's still what you want. Yeah. Here's the thing too, who we were when we met is, is not the same. Person. We are not the same people yeah. anymore at all like yeah. we're becoming different people every single year every single year there's a different something i'm getting older <laughs> he he's getting older <laughs> but right but we're like okay hello my name is janice yeah right you know, yeah. Have to reach yeah. Yeah. you know my yeah. name is Ho- but what no, if you but- don't like <laughs> Sorry. What if you don't like the person that he's coming? Like, Ooh. does that make sense when I'm asking? Like, because we change all the time. Yeah. But what if it's like, I don't like this new year. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. What? That's a real thing. But because wow. you vow, then you say, I'll love you through the person I don't like. But how do you? Well, because n- n- love is not going to allow it to work. Mm. That's get that clear. Love is not going to keep you together. Mm. What's going to keep you together is communication and the intent of wanting to be together. The moment in which... He decides he no longer wants to be with me. I don't want it either. I don't want it. Like, so you have to want it. Mm. You have to want it. That's, That's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. Work. That's heavy. You have to want it. And are there opportunities for him to be like, I can go get something? Yeah. Yeah. Are there opportunities for me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're fine. But again, <laughs> say it again. Oh no, I'm just. <laughs> but. The thing is, the grass isn't. So my mom used to always say, wherever you take, wherever you go, you take you with you. So you think you're going to find somebody new and it's going to be fun and exciting. But guess what? They're still going to have their issues. They're still going to. And then, by the way, you're taking you with you. So your same issues that you've been that you were dealing with in those five relationships, they're coming with you. Yeah. So why not just make it work work. right now? Mm -hmm. You know, unless there are things and I can speak on it because I'm in my second mm-hmm, marriage. Right. Sometimes you grow apart. I met my first husband in college. Yeah. Obviously, we are not the same people right? when we met in college. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was, <laughs> but we're not the same people. And we just made the decision that, you know what? We're growing apart. Yeah. Our priorities change what he wanted out of life was no longer what I wanted out of life and vice versa that doesn't make him the bad guy doesn't make me the bad woman it's just that we just grew apart 
And that's okay. That's maturity. That is maturity. And it's hard. And then you have people who you have to deal with. Okay, people are going to judge us. Because I can say, I want to stay. I have two boys. I want to keep Mm. my dad, my biological dad, did not live in the house with me. So my intention, obviously, is to be in this and stay in this. Right. But do you know how good God is? That it doesn't have to be your biological parents to parent you, to love you. And all the love that's in this world doesn't have to just be within the confines of these four people. And that they, like, the love that I get from my bonus kids, I can never imagine. I don't have a girl, but now I have a girl. You know what I mean? Like, all those things we look at from... You know, all those judgmental people who say, you have to stay in the mirror. Well, I'm not staying in nothing. That if I'm, I'm not, not happy, happy, if it's with, not working, I'm, I have to go. You can preach it all day long. You can I preach have it all. to go. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm going to be miserable, but y'all just like, oh, this looks yeah. like a nice picture. No. Yeah. And yeah. behind closed doors. But here's the thing. You know you can tell on that picture that you're miserable. Because mm-hmm. the spirit tell, it yes. tells it all. Your it does. eyes. Yep. You can see it. So just when you think you're covering something up, it is written. They always say, you know, you found when you found that right person, you become a different person. Mm. And people are like, what happened? For yeah, sure. Yeah. She, she's glowing. Yeah. For sure. She's going. I got that. I got I got a little when my son was sick, I was like 97 pounds. Yeah. And then I went through my divorce and then I met my husband. Honey, I was fine and thick. I know that's you right. You understand me? I that know was, that's we right. call that the happy woman. What a good man will do. <laughs> I know that's right. That's right. It makes all the difference I in the world. Right. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. I knew this was gonna be great. <laughs> I feel like I'm just talking, talking, talking. talking no, talking, it was talking, awesome. Yeah, no. Feel it free was to good. shut me up at any time. Now, you definitely got to come back. See. You got to yeah. come back. Because we don't even have enough time. You this, have more to this, share. This one yeah. episode to be able to really, really talk some more. So we definitely yeah. got to come back. I think I can make that happen. I'm good now. Okay, you got to. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think I'm good <laughs> now. All the nerves are gone. You know, all the sweat is still there. But, you know, the nerves are gone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I appreciate that. No, we appreciate you. Absolutely. And I'm proud of you, both ladies. Thank for you. For using you. the platform in a positive light. And yeah. I wish you much success. Absolutely. Thank you so much. In everything that you do. Thank you so much. All the time. Thank you. And I definitely appreciate you for sure. You are one of a key player in my life that changed the dynamics in my marriage because I'm married to your brother. Yeah, right? (laughs) Lord, help her. Oh, he does every day. (laughs) Every day. Every day. But I I will never forget the phone calls, the dreams, the Mm -hmm. putting your foot down, the gracefully... Just saying, hey, I see you. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. You were open and willing to receive Absolutely. it. Mm-hmm. The moment in which that door is closed, then no one can walk in. Yeah. So as long as you keep the door open. You're not going to make me cry in this podcast. She had her, her moment last episode. Uh, I am not about to cry. No, <laughs> but I will say this. Even in, in those discussions, you never ran away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of you for that because it's easy to run away. Absolutely. It's easy to run away. It's hard to stick it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to stick it out, but the satisfaction yeah. and the greatness that you see when you stick it out and you're like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Throw your purse on your shoulder and keep it moving, honey. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. Absolutely. You. You're Thank a great you. wife. That's beautiful. You. You are to my brother. Because <laughs> everybody in the world knows 
I don't play about my brother. I mean, know. oh, I mean, you <laughs> oh, don't. Know. Oh, I mean, you don't. <laughs> I don't play about Jerome D. Jenkins. Right, right. Because right. <laughs> my mama told me so. Yes, yeah, she did. Commissioned you to do so. <laughs> she did. Commissioned. She did, without me even knowing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So every episode we end on. Okay. So we, so we say, in herself, she is loved. In herself, she is beautiful. In, her, in herself, she is strong. So I'll take the loved. Okay. Then you'll take the beautiful. And then Nigel will end with the strong. Yeah. Okay? Okay. You ready? Okay. All right, y'all. So in herself, she is loved. In her soul, she is beautiful. And in herself, she is strong. We'll see you next week, guys. See you.